Normally, paranormal activity can be creepy and occasionally terrifying, but it doesn't result in active harm being done to people. Even poltergeists tend to move things when people aren't home. However, that was not the case in Santa Maria, California in the mid-80s after a series of reports of strange sightings and incidents in the countryside. Many residents reported seeing a tall man standing outside their homes and a couple of those homes had been broken into recently. These incidents came to a head when a homeowner called the police late one night frantic and terrified telling the operator there was a seven-foot gray-haired man outside his door trying to get in. The call came from a man known for being a bit of a drunk, so he wasn't taken too seriously at first, but the operator dispatched a patrol car as required. The operator stayed on the line with the caller trying to find out more information. The man got increasingly scared claiming the gray man was watching him through his windows and wanted to hurt him. Concerned, the operator asked the caller to describe the man, but all the caller could say was that the man was tall and thin, with a large head and huge black eyes. Thinking the caller might be in danger, the operator instructed the caller to lock himself in the room until the officers arrived. As the operator was giving the instructions, there was a loud buzzing noise over the line that increasingly grew louder and louder before the caller screamed and the call was cut off. The operator immediately sent word to the officers en route to expect violence on scene. The officers, a male and a female, arrived a short while later and inspected the house. It was an old wooden two-story home with a whitewashed exterior, which was peeling due to the UV exposure and a dried out yard out front. There was no one outside the house nor any sign of someone hanging around. As they approached the house, they could hear the caller screaming horribly from just inside the door. They shouted toward the door, explaining they were the police and were coming in, only to find the door completely jammed when they attempted to open it. In the report, they in their report, they stated the door was not closed by a lock, but more like it was being held shut by something on the other side. Suddenly, a loud buzzing started in the house, growing louder and louder while the man's screaming increased to an ear-splitting tone. Realizing they had to get inside the house one way or another, the officers decided they had to break in. They both took turns kicking the door, but were rebounding off of it as though it was reinforced, although it seemed to just be wooden. Eventually, they managed to break the door down, which halted the buzzing and screaming. They stepped in, but found the man wasn't on the other side of the door. What they found instead was blood splashed on the floors and the walls and strange-looking bloody footprints. Drawing their guns, the officers entered the house carefully, checking each corner and room. Upstairs, they heard someone moving about and someone trying to yell, but someone or something muffling the person's mouth. They carefully headed upstairs, guns held at the ready for any attack. Upon reaching the landing, they found more bloody footprints as well as a blood trail from someone being dragged leading into a room which behind the door they could hear the muffled voice. The officer opened the door to find the homeowner tied up and gagged, covered in urine and eyes bulging in terror. The officer's report stated the man was covered in cuts as if attacked with a razor except done with a specific purpose. The cuts surrounded his eyes and followed the lines of his organs and vitals as though whomever cut him wanted to set apart the areas. The man appeared nearly insane with fear, babbling and barely making any sense. When they ungagged and untied him, he broke down, sobbing, thanking them for saving his life. He claimed the gray man wanted to take him away. Investigators later said the caller was in the room for at least four hours. Nevertheless, there was no sign of forced entry, fingerprints, or any other signs of someone else ever being in the house. The only thing they found were the strange footprints in the blood that couldn't be identified. 
The man attacked also said he called the police five hours before they showed up and was informed by the operator that patrol was on the way. The officers reported it only took about 30 minutes for them to reach the house from their previous destination and about 10 minutes to find the man once they arrived. Somehow, the officers lost over four hours from arrival to discovery. The man attacked committed suicide a few years later, leaving a note behind describing how, quote, they wouldn't leave him alone, and he warned the officers who found him that, quote, they were after them too, but also thanking them for rescuing him. The officers have since reported feeling like they are being watched occasionally, especially on the darkest of nights. Darkest of nights. Darkest of nights. Darkest of nights. Entering the realm of the Freaky Deaky, an unsuspecting stop at the crossroads of fantasy and reality, where the frayed edges of make-believe seep into this cookie-cutter, white picket world you've been led to believe is far from extraordinary. What you're about to hear are true stories. <clears throat> Alleged true stories. Christian, just... <sighs> okay. Tales of the strange and inexplicable thought only to exist in film and folklore. Although difficult to accept, we do not know everything about this reality, about time or space, what lies beneath the ocean's depths. And try though we might, the unchanging truth remains. There are some things we legitimately cannot explain logically. story from Zachary Knoll's book, True Ghost Stories, Real Police Ghost Stories. Welcome back to Paranormal Daria. <laughs> no, welcome. welcome back to the Frinky Dinky. Are you even old enough to know what Daria is? I am old enough, but I've never watched the show. Just referenced in multiple, uh, multiple times from friends that I am indeed the male Daria, aka Scott Walker, aka White Lightning, aka the male Daria, the Sleepy Sultan. The Sleepy Sultan, that one almost works. <laughs> it does. It almost does because it does, actually. You could get a shirt that says SS. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. And people would think something totally different. Yeah, that's what I want. Anyway, I am joined, as always, by my co-host and father-in-law, Christian Turner, a.k.a. Chocolate Thunder, a.k.a. Have I told you that story? No, but it's a cat in the hat reference. A.k.a. That was my hockey nickname given to me by my best friend's who loved the movie Cat in the Hat. No, it was this Japanese mother. Who loved the movie Cat in the Hat. No, she just randomly called me. He's like, Chocolat Zunda. Wow. I mean, that's how he made Somehow heartwarming and racist. I mean, <laughs> no, that's how he, he when yeah. he would tell me the story about it, like, she would, it was just hilarious. Yeah. Do, so, what, do with it what you will. And I will do nothing with it. And that's fine. Christian Turner, a.k.a. Chocolate Thunder, a.k.a. The Skeptic Saint of Stubborn Thinking. Boom. Nailed it. I mean, what you think is stubborn is See, me, there think, you go. me thinking I'm right. You're already, you're being stubborn to the name, which is in the name. So it's a, it's a circle. It's fine. It's a Turner trait. I'm sure you've noticed it in my I have. I have noticed. I have definitely noticed. Anyway, if you are new to the show, welcome. 
we do things just a little bit differently here in Freak Nation, and uh, we're happy to have you. If you could take a moment out of your time, rate us five stars. It, we're trying to work our way around the algorithm, and the most important thing that you can do is rate the show. I just thought of Positively rate the show. If you negatively rate the show, it makes us sad. If you're on social media, you can come talk to us at Pod on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube, where we have started releasing full episodes. You'll find bonus stories, find paranormal short stories. You'll find all kinds of fun stuff. Full episodes, the whole nine at Pod on YouTube and at TFD Paranormal on TikTok. If you have a story of your own that you'd like to share with the show and hear it in our listener story episodes, you can send that into the gang at thefreakydeaky.com. We'd love hearing from you guys. Stories, episode suggestions, whatever you want. We really do love hearing from you guys. And we're very active at speaking back most of the time. I think there's a couple of people I still need to get back to. I'm sorry. My brain is a fog most days. And that's just the way it is with an eight-month-old in the house. I will say I'm impressed that I'll go, I'll see that there's a comment and I'll go to, and you're already on it. I know, because sometimes you'll see it, there's a comment and you won't respond to it. You'll just like like it or something like that. I'm like, no, no, no. We're trying to, you know, build repartee with our listeners. Well, it we're depends trying on to... what I'm like. If I'm on my phone, mm, it's harder for me to do a big reply. You know, I'm... a big reply. Yeah. yeah because, you know, <laughs> I'm of the age. Back, yeah. back in my day. Yeah. You usually just say thanks or <laughs> cool. <laughs> that opening story. I'm going to, I was talking to you about it a little bit beforehand, came from Zachary Knoll's book, but ironically, while I was looking up, you guys know your boy likes to dig Reddit. I go searching Reddit threads left and right for some you know juicy gems to share on the show. That story caught my eye out of the book, along with several other stories from that book, because they were all from the same Reddit thread. This guy literally went, grabbed the story, rewrote it, made it a little worrier, and dropped it into a book. Your boy downloaded it for free, and he put the pieces together, all right, as I do. The actual story was a lot briefer than that. The person that shared that story on Reddit was, I believe, the, the grandson of the lady that, one of the police officers. And so he was saying, he's like, my grandma just told me a story last night, and I'm pretty shook just listening to it. And I'll kind of, what, what he said exactly was, she literally told me that story yesterday. She was shook up about it and scared. She says that she, some, she says she sometimes hears and sees things, hears buzzing noises. The guy had a son who often visits her. He has no family, and oddly enough, before his father killed himself, my grandmother would visit the man and make sure he was okay. He often spoke about being abducted. Every time she left, she felt like she was being watched. He would call her at night, letting her know he was okay and that they don't want him anymore. The tall ones wanted someone else. I guess he meant her. And so this lady was one of the officers on the scene that went into this house and was like that found this scene pretty much, which would be a little eerie to, yeah. to come across, especially how you're trying to bust down this door or whatever you go and there's blood everywhere. Dude's cut to high hell. And you're like, OK, I think even for officers who that is part of their job, seeing that stuff, yeah. it, it would be unsettling. Yeah. Like especially, you go home, you're just like, hmm. especially later on. I mean, it, you'd be unsettled and then it would continue when none of the normal you know, reasons for something like this to happen yeah. are evident. A seven foot tall gray man with gigantic black eyes is a terrifying thought. Well, and when these guys probably first heard that, the officers, they probably... <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, you're traumatized. But then later on, when other weird stuff starts happening, maybe yeah. in the end, they start believing it. If you think about all the abduction stories you hear, a lot of them are nonviolent. People will be like, oh, yeah, I got her. There's a chip in me or whatever, but they don't like remember the process of anything happening. Yeah. But there's a handful of stories, and maybe we should do an episode on terrifying alien abduction stories, because there are some zingers out there. I have some, uh, some interesting theories on some of those abductions that... Government. Would, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, hey, look at that. I did it. I mean, it's <laughs> it's it's more interesting than that. But there's yeah. Like I think I could tie it into other theories in this world. So yeah. maybe we do need to do an episode like that. We do, and we can make one of the. I'm gonna butcher it because it's been like many years since I've well, many years. It's probably at the start of this podcast, but at least a couple years since I looked into it or read the story. But there was a Spanish, I believe, abduction case that the guy was completely mutilated when they found his body. Mm. And there was like, it's a grotesque scene where you can go online and they even show pictures and stuff. You're like, okay, I'm not sure I needed to see all of that. But yeah. that was apparently a guy that claimed to be abducted multiple times and this and that. And he said, they're coming for me, blah, blah. And so if we build it around that story, I think it'd be really great. But even, you know, you mentioned, and this isn't a UFO episode, but I'll just one more tag on to that is I was watching Hunt for the Skinwalker yesterday on Hulu, which is a documentary by the same guy. I wish I could remember his name. It's too early. Um, Jeremy Corbell, uh, George Knapp. One of the stories they had was a guy was outside in the morning and he saw a UFO. And then, like, apparently, like, later they... I'm not going to be able to piece anything together, but later they're talking to, like, the, a grandma or something like that, or someone that passed away that also saw it that had some crazy radiation burns. And she was, like, crying on camera because she was like, I'm pretty sure it was because he saw this thing. Like, this thing yeah. killed or gave my whatever cancer, and then he passed away. So, sad story. Anyway, moving right along with that... <laughs> <laughs> very sad anyway moving on um yeah i just don't want to derail it too much you know sometimes we get in the habit of just talking forever instead of just not me getting yes absolutely you either way yeah we figured you know we had a kind of a resurgence in listeners for our first police in the paranormal episode from last season and no idea where it came from or why but it suddenly got a lot of tension so we figured you know what I've wanted to do a part two for that story because there's really just no shortage of creepy police stories. And so I was like, I have tons of stories that we could go over for this. And I love the topic. And so we're back with part two. And you guys love it. We've gotten a lot of messages about this being a good episode. Had a lot of highlights in it. Now we got all out of the way. Let's dive into some more of these police and the paranormal stories. Let's get it. Bar mitzvah popping. This one is called Hello from the Other Side. Ooh. And it's not by Adele. Oh. It's by Zombie Dance. My uncle works for dispatch in my town, and he recently told my family of the weirdest call he's ever gotten. He says that he had received a call from a landline one night, and when he answered it, there was only static on the other end. This happened two more times. Finally, he calls a squad to go check out the address from the caller ID. When the cops get there and walked into the house, they immediately saw there was a dead body. Gross. Ooh, I hate when that happens. I know. Happens at least twice a month for me. The person had been dead for five months. Ooh, that's even worse. Yeah. Actually, you might be past the worst part. It's then. The craziest part about it was that there was no electricity or any other utility working. So there's no way they should have been able to get a call from, or there's no way they should have been able to get those calls into dispatch. But if they hadn't, who knows how long that person's body would have stayed. Gross. Okay, I have a theory on this. Let's hear it. This one brings Government. out the, no. This one brings out the skeptic in me. I don't know how how old this story is. It's about nine years old. I mean, and how old it was before that? Mm. You didn't need electricity for phones for landline phones. Yeah, really. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I'm sure that like it wasn't just a, your phone was never plugged into the electricity. It was just plugged into a a phone line. So I'm sure electricity would could affect it, but I don't think gotcha. it did all the time. Mm. 
And this is probably an older story from yeah. around the 90s. I mean, it's a landline phone, for so obviously it's not like 2012, but... Right. I could be completely wrong, but that's... Yeah. Well, little I mean, things like that that make we've me We've heard wonder. multiple stories about, you know, ghosts pretty much calling in to let people, there's dead body, like, hey, there's yeah. someone dead over here, so yeah. get over here. I yeah. mean, yeah. I remember our tsunami episode where the, mm. the ghost called the fire department. Yeah. And kept calling them. Yeah. Until the fire department went out and held a ceremony, and then the call stopped coming. Especially old style phones. I mean, there's so many stories of weird things that happened, yeah. you know, up before we had cell phones and handheld phones. And even when, when they switched over to the, like, you could walk around your house, that was a big thing. And that changed the spookiness to a lot of phone calls. I'm sure there's crazy stories that people still get on their cell phones. Yeah, I but, have a few, but. But yeah, like when you're being a kid that had that kind of phone, hmm. you got some weird random calls for no reason that were just totally scary yeah i have random like landline memories for sure yeah because you i mean you were in that age mm. the at the end the very end of that age you were young i do remember i remember getting the cordless phone as well and being like oh hey yeah oh what is this yeah i can I, walk around the house with it interesting what's funny is we're so far past that era that i couldn't even think of the name cordless <laughs> until you said that i was like yeah. stumped it's okay it happens to the best of us it's like going back what were CDs? <laughs> you yeah, know. Uh, CDs. And that was such a big deal. Okay. <laughs> Sorry to ruin your story, but I'm a little skeptical on that one. So you think someone was inside the house, was like, ooh, stinky dead body. Okay. <laughs> Call the police. Actually, I want to go back. <laughs> I'm skeptical about the storyteller, but I, I've heard so many stories about those kind yeah. of calls. It does make you, even somebody like me that's skeptical, wonder. Yeah. Is that possible? But the storyteller could not have known that information and just be like, oh, there's no electricity, so it had to have been a ghost. So yeah, it's not it like they're could... like trying to feed you a line or something. No, it like... sounds like a Reddit story where, yeah. like some Reddit stories, they have too much random information, mm. and then you can where tell. Where it's like overly detailed, and you're like, okay, you're making this up. Yeah. Like, yep. there's a fine line between you're making this up and holy shit, that happened. Yeah. As much as we hate the stories with the horrible grammar, and they're very short, but like just detailed enough to be like, wait, what happened? Those are the most believable. Yeah. To me, for whatever reason, are people that can't spell. And then suddenly. This one almost sounds story. like he heard the story, but maybe didn't understand a certain part of it. So he explained it wrong. And mm. now we've been talking about it for five minutes. I apologize. I he won, Christian. He, he won. won. Yeah. He got the best of us. It's fine. And he's on a podcast now. Wow. He really did it. <laughs> yeah. And not just any podcast, this podcast. Of course. Which is wildly popular to my parents it's the stellar podcast man it really is the best you're right and if you agree leave a five-star review on apple Podcasts or spotify help us climb those charts damn it it's fine i'm getting overworked let's get into another story i've titled this one you need an exorcist <laughs> i love exorcist and it's very brief but it's by going down my dad is a police officer, and he was called to an old castle-like house on the outskirts of town. Always creepy. Mm -hmm. You never find castle-like houses on the inskirts of town. I will say that. Not enough property for the rich. Right. Like, there's only 18 acres? <laughs> Get me away from these peasants. Anyway, the man who called was telling him about his daughter who was acting strange. She was talking in a deep voice and speaking in swear words and high-level vocabulary. She was only 10 or so and being all around creepy. My dad said, quote, I think you need an exorcist, and left the house immediately. He'd been a police officer for 12 years, and he says that that was the most scared he's ever been, and he's seen people who blew their brains out with a shotgun and people decapitated by a train. Ugh, details I didn't need, man. Yeah, well, you got them. That is kind of creepy, though. Like, 
I mean, as much as a lot of people, aka Christian, don't want to believe in exorcisms or the fact that you know people can be possessed or anything like that. But when I, you I have stories have, like that, you, you you explain that wrong. It's not that I don't believe in exorcism. Oh, sorry, you don't, don't believe possession. I don't believe in demons. Yeah, which means that in this scenario, I will say that you have a ten-year-old girl who's just on the cusp of puberty, and she's got this weird, high-pitched, screamy voice. She's swearing out, doing all kinds of shit, climbing up walls, the whole nine. You know, as the, kids do. If she's climbing up walls, that adds a little twist to the skepticism. That does, But yeah. the other stuff could just be a simple case of Tourette's. Yeah, but even, I mean, I'm not going to go down that road. But uh, like, exorcism's more fun than Tourette's, to be honest yeah. with you. That's why I like exorcist movies. I love those movies, which yeah. is weird for somebody that doesn't necessarily believe that. Maybe that's why I love them, because mm. they scare me, but they don't traumatize me later. Well, what dark. about like the high level vocabulary? Like if you have a 10 year old that's suddenly like speaking in like full blown, you know, 60 year old man sentences, and you're like, wait a second, well, while screaming at you and swearing at the top of their lungs and shit. I don't know, man. What about the cases, the documented cases, and I think they're medically mm. documented, of people that hit their head and all of a sudden can speak another language? Isn't What about that? I mean, that's the same type of thing as like a 10-year-old that might be possessed all of a sudden maybe speak in Latin, because we've heard that. Sure. Or using crazy words that most 10-year-olds wouldn't use or say it in a certain way. It's... Maybe it is demons. Okay, well, Be let me let me hurl another paranormal possibility. You said people that, that slam their head and suddenly are speaking a different language. Right. And we haven't had done an episode on it yet, but at some point in the future we will. The case of walk-ins, where someone slams their head so hard, they just pretty much die. But another entity comes in to take over at that point. Hasn't speaks another language perfectly fluently, knows Latin because he's been roaming the globe for centuries and eons at this point. That could just as easily be a walk-in. I'm watching go. a time traveling show that has a basically a walk-in just like that, but without the demon part of it. Mm. Yeah, but it's time travelers. Can't think of the name of the show. It's pretty good though. The time traveler's wife. No, it's mm. a series. It's a series now. You didn't know that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched it, but the movie was great. I know Nicholas Sparks. Scott, really? That's where we're going. It's fine. I don't think he wrote Time Traveler's Wife. I'm confidently saying that. Not sure if he did or not, but seeming like it's something he would write. It's like Noah's Ark all over again. Mm, it's like everything you've ever talked about on the show all over again. You're right. <laughs> You're right. Anyway, let's get into this next one that I've titled, What About Bob? A lot of movie and music references I in, guess this, so. in this what was show. The what was the last one? Um, you need an exorcist. So not necessarily. We're three deep. You know what? It's fine. Yeah, I think I meant the one before that. I can't remember, but. Hello from the other side. Yes. yes. Anyway, this is from Clock Paradox. My uncle was the sheriff of a small town in New Mexico. He was the most hardcore person in our family, super straight-laced, never really BS'd, and wasn't at all a joker. So when he told this story, backed up by my aunt, we all believed it without question. A local reporter named Bob D. would always show up at any major police activity from the police scanner. Big car wrecks, fires, anything worth maybe reporting in the local paper. Everybody on the force knew Bob D., he was around at least once or twice a week at various police activities. Bob was a bit of a joker himself. He would mess with people by flicking behind their ears. People would react to the flicks thinking it was a bug only to turn around and see none other than Bob jerking around. Oh, that would be so annoying. Classic. 
Everybody liked Bob. Unfortunately, Bob had bad lung cancer and died pretty suddenly. His wife buried him against his wishes. He wanted to be cremated. For the next couple of weeks after his funeral, people kept talking about, quote, seeing Bob at car wrecks, fires, all the same stuff he used to report on. There were 20 to 30 reports like this from civilians and members of the force. My uncle didn't buy it. Until the night, he and my aunt showed up at our house, gun drawn, pale as paper. We asked him what the hell happened, and he had to sit down, take his breath, compose himself, and start to outline what happened. Note, this is a guy that I never saw get rattled by anything. He said, My aunt and he were sitting on the couch in their house watching TV. My uncle kept scratching at his ear over and over. Finally, my aunt asked him what the problem was, and he turned around just in time to see their bedroom door open, Bob D. standing there in the doorway. Clear as day, my uncle jumped up, cussed or something, got my aunt's attention, who turned to see him there too. As soon as they both made eye contact with him, Bob smiled, turned, walked across the living room and out their front door, closed the door behind himself, and was gone. My uncle got control of himself and ran outside, gun drawn, looking for Bob, but he was gone. At that point, they ran over to our place. We went over there and didn't see anything, but my aunt and uncle stayed at our place that night. At work the next day, all the guys in the forest were giving my uncle lots of the old we told you so. People around town said they saw Bob D show up at police scenes for at least another two to three months. My dad saw him in our dark room in our basement with a friend. He was flicking their ears in the dark. Creepy. No thanks. During the third month, people that saw him kept saying he was looking worse and worse. My uncle saw him two more times, each time confirming he looked more and more worn. My dad had concluded that he was decomposing and his ghost was reflecting that process. Every time my ear itches, I get goosebumps. That's somehow equal parts wholesome and creepy as hell. <laughs> like, especially the darkroom bit. Like, you're just sitting there trying to, like, get these photographs ready, and then you just feel something flicking your ear. Anybody flicking your ear is horrible. Like, Bob D., get out of here, man. No, but that was, I like that story. That was, yeah. that was a fascinating one. And I have many theories that I'll go into on a, on a different style of episode. But the fact that he, di he was at all these crime scenes before he died, and then... He still goes after he died. Also, this tough cop is so frightened by a ghost that he chases it with a gun. I'm like, yeah, like if especially if you knew the person that he died, yeah. would you go after him with a gun? I mean, it, I don't know if I would. I'd be like, I'd be like, what the hell, Bob? You know? I don't necessarily believe in ghosts, but if you see somebody that's dead walking through your house, it's a ghost. Yeah. It's a ghost or you're crazy. Yeah. Go There's with the ghost. Only thing two better. options. Yeah, yeah. And ghost is a much better way to go. Sure. But yeah. you don't need to chase it outside with a gun. Yeah, that's not going to end well. I think the the really, and maybe, I don't know if you have an opinion on this, but the, the idea of it looking worse and worse over that three-month period is creepy, man. Like it's I do. Because like, I've never heard something like that where a ghost is like slowly getting worse and worse and decomposing before passing on. I do have a theory about that. What is so, that? You know, if we go back to the recordings of the energy. An actual zombie. No. Okay. Not a zombie. Okay. Um, like, what is it? Stone tape? Stone tape. Yeah. yeah. The... Um, we go to that. Maybe that was him with the last bit of his cancer. Mm. And that's the recording in there. I mean, and what, like at the time you may not notice it because it's, you see that person every day, but when you have like 
some time in between it, you see that change more drastically. Interesting. Yeah, I think the only thing that would kind of poke a hole in the stone tape is the different locations that he was being spotted. You know, like he does some other ghost things that aren't quite... Well, the different locations adds new, totally new theories to it, you know? like Zombie, we're back at zombie. I'm not back at zombie. We're going to get, at one point we'll have a real zombie. I don't know when, but I guess it's not this episode. Yeah, I'm like, I'm better with ghosts than zombies, so... That's fine. I did like that story either way. Like, it's not over the top creepy, but I don't know. There's just bits and pieces of it where you're like, there's something unsettling about this. His friend reminds me of that annoying cop that's in charge of, like, the homicide department on The Wire. Mm. The big Classic. guy. Yeah. Oh, he's so annoying, but he's kind of funny. Yeah. And that's what this cop, this cop ghost reminds me of. Classic big guy from The Wire. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to say too much in case people want to watch it. Yeah, but... in case people haven't been around from the early 2000s. Yeah. Hey, I just watched it. Hey, I just watched it. It's fine. So... Oh, wait. One other thing. Hmm. And this is important. The Time Traveler's Wife is the debut novel by American author Audrey Neffenegger. No way that's the last name, but... Neffenegger. 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 Am I going to have to bleep this out? <laughs> Christian, you might want to. Please take care of me on that one. The, just go with the yeah. way I said it the first time and making fun of me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'll do. He definitely wasn't incredibly racist with that. It's fine. All you have to do is like cover, like just, just have the, a have the last, s- half, last half of that word. You don't even have to put that part in. But just... leave the hard R. I'll leave a no, hard you, R at the you end. You do the it. original part and then there's silence and then you make some comment. You don't even have to make me. Don't make mm-hmm. me do it the bad way. People still, the way I the said The bad it, way is the fun way, though. That's no, the, no, I can't do that, man. You're, that's a bridge too Christian, far. You're black. You're allowed to say it. You are you have access. You have the card, man. Did you hear the way I said it? I like, did, yeah. Mandy makes fun of me because I can't say bad words convincingly. I know. And that had a lot of hate behind it. I was like, whoa, <laughs> easy, <laughs> well, Christian. Chill out, man. There's No, fine. I think it's funnier if you, if you, like, don't even do the- really bad because mm. then people be like why is he be- why is he getting on his case about this yeah and then they think about it and they're like oh hey i'm gonna i'm gonna let you know right now the whole tom sawyer bit doesn't work on me all right is it this tom yeah this tom the sawyer where you're trying to convince me something is better than the other thing even oh, though think... we know full well the other thing is much better than the original mm. not for our longevity though Especially for if that's no. how if that's how we go down, man. That's the funniest way no, for man. this podcast to end. It'd be one thing okay. if we were like our faces and people knew our face. They'd be like, "Oh, I get it." Mm. But even then, they'd probably be questioning. But it's a podcast, no, man. I can't do that. Okay, all right. No, I'll, t- I'll take it out. Christian. Come on, man. That's the one thing. Please, <laughs> please don't make it sound like I made it sound. Please, I'm not doing anything, man. I'm putting a well placed beep, and that's gonna be enough. To make it seem as so much worse than it actually was, and that's fine. Anyway, <laughs> let's get, let's get into another story, and this is a fun one because it not only involves the cops, creepy house, but also a children's drawing. Ooh, yes, that's definitely the double. That's the worst. It has to be. There's no other explanation. Do I even need to read the story? We already figured it out. It's no, I love devil stories. Perfect. Anyway, it goes a little something like this. Worked as a police officer in a small town in rural Nebraska. I hate when people put the word rural in there. It's like, I always it, like, isn't that all of Nebraska? I'm like, it was rural. Oh, Nebraska. It's, such a, it's such a weird word to say. Rural. 
Rut Row. <laughs> it was Rut Row, Nebraska. It was rural Nebraska. Back in the 90s, I was patrolling through town in winter. We had several abandoned houses in town, but one seemed to have the attention of copper thieves. Not copper thieves, like cop thieves, but people that were thieving copper. You get it. Again, like the wire. Yeah, classic. So we were told to keep an eye on it. Drove by it around 7 p.m. Since it sat on a corner lot, I had a clear view of all four sides of the house. As I drove around the corner, nothing looks out of the ordinary. About two hours later, I drive by again, and the back door is wide open. I know that the back door was not open when I drove by it earlier. Looking at the snow on the ground around the house, there were no footprints. So I think, what the hell? Call dispatch. Tell them I'm investigating an open door at that address and ask for a county sheriff to start my way. I walk to the open door, pull out my flashlight and shine it inside. The house has obviously been gutted for the most part. The plaster walls have been torn down, debris piles everywhere. Since there were no footprints in the snow around the door other than mine, and with all the dust on the floor not showing any footprints, I chalk it up to the wind or maybe the door just opened on its own. The doors never just open on their own. That doesn't happen. If anyone out there is listening and you see an open door that wasn't open 10 minutes ago, it didn't open on its own. It was Satan. I'm not going to that extreme, but it was something. Anyway, I was about to secure the door when I heard a loud thump come from upstairs and what sounded like kids laughing. So I enter the house and yell out, Police department, come downstairs. Come downstairs, like a, like a stern father. And their ghost is going to be like, Okay, here I come. No, it's fine. And what kid would, I don't know, any kid that is like, police department come downstairs and there's like kids rummaging through an abandoned house, be like, on my way, dad. Yeah. I ran away from the police once. I'm not going to get into that. Anyway, more of what sounds like kids playing. I tell dispatch that it sounds like there are kids in the house and start making my way through the kitchen into the living room where the stairs are, all the while cautiously checking the main floor. Two more times I hear something upstairs, but since I've had no response, I start thinking maybe it's an animal. Still, I hear what I'd swear was kids laughing. I head upstairs and it all gets quiet. The upstairs is relatively small with a hallway at the top of the stairs that has one bedroom on the right, one straight ahead at the end of the hall, and a bedroom on the left. As I get to the top of the stairs, I hear a thump in the bedroom to the left. I carefully peek around the door and it's an empty room with a small pile of plaster and wood debris in the middle. No kidding, sitting on top of the pile of debris, was a page torn out of a child's book with a picture of a police officer on it. The hair stood up on the back of my neck. I got out of that room, quickly cleared the other rooms upstairs, and got the fuck out of there. Told dispatch nobody was in the house, locked the back door, and never went back in there again. Question. Do you think he actually cleared the other rooms? <laughs> or do you think he saw that picture and was like, nah, I'm good, and just left? Because if it's me and I walk in there and there's like a random drawing of a police officer on top of a random pile of trash in an abandoned house, and I'm a police officer and I heard kids laughing upstairs, I'm like, you know what? Even if there are a million kids in the other two rooms, I'm out of here. I'm, I'm going to try to say he did in case something was in there, but in my mind, he didn't. Yeah. He immediately left the house, called dispatch, said, there's nothing wrong here. It's fine. I, I shut the door. Yeah. I'm out. And then he never went back there again, which yeah. tells me that he didn't clear it. Yeah. But in my, no, he definitely didn't clear that. Those other yeah. Rooms. That's the first room you checked, man. You're already terrified. You tell me you're going to go, what if there's like a life-size cutout of a cop in the next one? You're like, no, nah, I'm not risking Ooh. that. I'm out. And then yeah. a mannequin in the room after that mm. with the cops 
uniform on. Yeah. Or and it's just a mirror of him in the doorway. And he's like, oh, God, what? That would be the next room. And that's yeah. the one where he accidentally killed himself because. That was going through all these cop stories. I found a couple that weren't paranormal. And one of them was this old like cop was investigating a farm with his partner or whatever. And they heard or saw people moving inside. And so this one guy like draws his gun and he says, as he does it, uh, the guy inside draws his gun at him and stands like perfectly still. And so he's terrified and he's thinking like, am I gonna have to shoot someone? Or what if he shoots me before I shoot him? And so he kind of like takes cover again and goes back and does it again. And at the end of the day, it was a mirror. Like the guy was like, it was like a foggy kind of worn down <laughs> mirror. And he was like, by the time I actually realized I was pointing my gun at a mirror and I'm like, okay, well that was a lot less creepy than I thought it was going to be. But I could see that happening. I know that that'd be my ass. I'd be like, I mean, I've been scared of my own reflection several times. It, I imagine you, it with a gun, you know, like, Oh no, I I'm going to shoot some cities. They actually have training that has mirrors just to mess. Yeah. Just to, oh God, that's a real person. Especially like in LA where yeah. everybody has mirrors all over the place so they can look at themselves. Yeah. Creepy, creepy stuff. But that one was funny. There's a, there's a couple of really funny stories when I was looking into this that I, if we have time at the end, there's one that I kind of mentioned to you earlier or yesterday that I'll not a great time to get hiccups. Now you know how your son feels. Classic. Read a scary story now. Scare yourself. Yeah. Scare the hiccups out of there. This is uh, a story I've titled the Banshee and it's by elephant pudding. <laughs> I know. What a great band name. Elephant Pudding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is another story for the record that I found in that book. Okay. Uh, like, And the only reason it was like called A Scream in the Night or something like that. And I was like, oh, that sounds eerily similar to the story I just read. And I went through it and I was like, well, it's the same story. But I'm going to read the actual story from the person that witnessed it instead of the author who reworded it a little bit. Just so we can get some actual 100%. I wonder if you, oh, that's good because. Because then we don't have to use or hear them use UV yeah. peeling the paint instead of actually using the word ultraviolet. There you go. I yeah, don't know give why us that the real me. deal, pal. Yeah. What are you doing with your UV talk? If I wanted abbreviations. You'd go be on Reddit. That's right. That's why I went to Reddit. Anyway, Elephant Pudding gives us this next gem. Called to a residence out in the boonies. This was in Wyoming, so the boonies are actually the boonies. At about 11 p.m. about suspicious activity. When we get there, we are told by the family living there that there are very strange screams coming from a creek area about a thousand feet out. And sure enough, waiting outside on the porch with them for about a minute, I hear it. It is very hard to describe what it sounded like. It was like a woman in very severe distress, but higher pitched, and each scream lasted for about 10 to 15 seconds. That's a long ass time for a scream. If, yeah. if someone screams, my I get like the full body chills enough. I can't imagine that just like radiating through my body for 15 straight seconds. Like, ah! I'm like, okay, when is this gonna end? Soon, please, lady. It never sounded like it was saying anything. It just sounded like a cry of sheer terror. And it repeated again. We tell the family we're going to investigate. So we just walk down to the creek since it was nice out. We hear about two more screams getting louder as we approach the creek. By now, we're both kind of freaked out. There are two possibilities. Someone is getting murdered or maimed in the creek bed, or it's a wild animal. As we approach the creek bed, we hear no screams for about five minutes. We search around and find nothing, yelling at the top of our lungs for somebody to come forward if they are there. Then we hear the exact same scream behind us, exactly from where we came from. 
We get about halfway back to the house, and the scream comes so loudly it seems to be right next to us. We frantically shine our flashlights everywhere and find nothing. No eye glints of animals, no rustling of bushes, just silence. We trace our steps back, and the scream comes from around the creek again. This time it lasted about 30 seconds and was much louder than before. Our retreat becomes a little more hastened. By this time, we are both scared shitless and verified with the family to call us again if they heard it. <laughs> yeah, okay, see you later. We're going back. Thanks for calling us out. This was great. You got a shotgun? Okay, we're yeah. good. We got to do this again sometime. They never called again, and we got the hell out of there. I still don't know what it was. As an avid outdoorsman, I know no animal makes a cry like that, especially one that can move stealthily without being spotted by flashlights. Something else that weirded me out was that it was completely silent while the screams were happening. During summer in Wyoming, there is always some type of ambient animal sounds. Frogs croaking, crickets chirping, owls hooting, coyotes howling, etc. But there was nothing. Until we were leaving and the screams had stopped, then a frog started croaking. It gives me the creeps just thinking about it still. Yeah, the screams stopped because there was some kind of pre predator out there, whether it was... yeah nature-based or supernatural there's, you don't there's you don't a think the frog the frog was uh, affected by that as well he's like what the hell he's like what's screaming out yeah, here when there's a predator everything shuts up because they don't want to let the predator yeah. know where they're at just like us humans just like bigfoot should do. like the movie nope where you're like mm. animals are like nope yeah. humans are like what's that they're gonna let the person walking around making a fool of themselves get eaten first it's yeah. fine yeah. the frog will survive i mean we've talked about different things on this show that that could possibly be yeah sure it could, it could be some kind of wild cat like not sasquatch yeah you know a wild cat squatch no i mean if it was like a, a cougar or something yeah the only thing that and because i thought about that as well like it, there are animals that make screaming lady noises yeah i've heard it a couple times in the desert um yep. i've never been to a wyoming but i don't really necessarily know the animals out there that could do that maybe there's something but i think there's cougars yeah for this person saying that they you know avid outdoorsmen so they've probably heard or at least acknowledge the different species in that vicinity yeah. that could make that type of noise and on top of that you have flashlights all over the place even if there's bushes and it's moving around you'd see some kind of movement in the bushes you'd see something that like you're like okay something's over there i don't know what it is but for it to be coming from the creek and they get down to the creek and then it's coming from behind them and then it's coming from the creek again the only other thing i could think that would be an owl in nature that might make crazy sounds that most people haven't heard before that could move around silently if it's flying an owl they're, yeah because they're pretty quiet when yeah. i had one scare the crap out of me one time because it just it was the middle of the night i was out in the desert this thing flew up on me and I, you know, you didn't notice it. Mm -hmm. And then it like somehow got in the light and it like spazzed for a second. And then you could hear its wings. And it was like five feet above me. I about peed my pants. For people listening at home, he did pee his pants. He just didn't want to be embarrassed about it. Which, hey, everybody would have possibly peed their pants in that situation. Everybody would have possibly done it. Yes. Yeah. And that's true. When you're scared like these cops were, mm -hmm. they probably had a little, little bit of dribble going on. Nice addition. Yeah. <laughs> nice, vis imagine? nice visual element for the story. Also, picture the cops having pee in their pants. Yeah. Could you imagine being a cop that's pretty no. used to seeing crazy things, and then you see something like this or something Hear something like this, yeah. That is just so terrifying that... You like rethink your entire life. Yeah. Like, maybe I made a poor choice. Yeah. Do I, maybe I want to do a desk job. <laughs> you know, like, or security yeah. guards. Just people that are 
up in the middle of the night. Like I never thought about it till you read that story, but it would be amazing to hear cop stories from like Wyoming or mm-hmm. Montana or reservations, Alaska. No reservations too scary. No, that those are the stories I want to hear, man. Those are the ones where I'm like, give me those deets, yeah. please. But the rever- reser- rever- reservation mm-hmm. ones, yeah, they they tend to like once you notice they're there, they don't leave you alone. Yeah. That's too much. I I'm, I don't mind running into a ghost. Oh, you scared me. You got me, ghost. Yeah, yeah. that's that's fair. But I don't want it following me home. Yeah, it checks out. Reservation ghost. Is that even right to say? I mean, I don't know, man. Well, we're already on a original. Yeah people's aboriginal ghosts i think that's even i I just like the ghosts that were here before Hmm. europeans were i mean those those tales are scary as hell yeah and they almost convinced me almost some of them do some of them do but just for a moment just because if they truly convinced you you would believe across the board in ghosts no yeah okay you can't See, they may this not is, be ghosts. They be I said spirits. it earlier that spirits. your stubbornness. You're the. I'm gonna go with spirits because I don't know if these would be ghosts. Mm. But like, so it's like just the Native American lore. When it's scary, it's scary. Yeah, like skinwalkers. Sure. You took what the government did by turning UFO into UAP. You just did by saying, "I'm not sure. I'm gonna call it a ghost, a spirit, perhaps." Because I don't. That's but, the same damn thing, dude. It's I don't think be. it is. It is though. Like a you spirit, can not my, think it is, but it definitely a is. A spirit might not even be a dead person. A spirit could be something sure. from another realm. Yeah, it could be fallen angels. No, no such thing. See, and then when we're back, there's no such thing. See, all right, you know what? <laughs> Goodbye. No, <laughs> episode's done. <laughs> This next one is called A Fight in the Field. And she's a doozy. It's got to take out she's a doozy. It doesn't fit with the branding. No. <laughs> that's like before my time. Yeah, that's Larry the Cable Guy's podcast. Get her done. Anyway. Does he have a podcast? I'm willing to bet he does. I haven't even looked into it, but I can almost guarantee that Larry the Cable Guy has a podcast. Those guys running the podcast game. Mm, classic. Just because you're famous. I know. Does Paris Hilton have one? I, you can name anyone, and I guarantee they have a podcast, Christian. My dad spent his whole career as a copper. As a dirty copper. No, it's fine. Does it really say copper in there? It does. East Coast. He's got to be a thief or a vandal of some kind. And wow. His dad's a, a copper. Yeah, it's got to be East Coast, Boston or something. Yeah, except it's not. Oh. And is this stereotypical? <laughs> I want to say this is UK or something like that. Oh, that makes sense too then. Sure. Yeah, nice save. Anyway, and is the stereotypical straightforward bloke, definitely, Yeah. with it, who has little time for anything you might label as paranormal. That said, he describes one event from about 20 years ago that he can't explain. One late afternoon in autumn, he was patrolling with a colleague in Newbury, Berkshire, Berkshire or Berkshire? I think it could go either way. We have a lot of UK listeners. Let me know. I think it's different depending on where you're at in the UK, too. There's a lot of accents there. Sure. I'm I'm just going to say Berkshire. Berkshire. I would go with that one. Yeah. Even though it's probably wrong. Anytime I confidently say something, it's probably wrong. When they were radioed and asked to check out reports of a fight on the rural outskirts of town. A lot of outskirts and a lot of rural in this episode. Yes. That's where all the fun stuff happens. Apparently, sounds of an altercation had been heard coming from a field, of all places, and locals were concerned, but hadn't been able to describe or give any more info. When they got to the field in question, my dad and his colleague hopped the fence and headed inwards, not immediately seeing or hearing anything. It was gloomy and a little misty at ground level, but apparently just about enough light was left in the day to see there wasn't obviously anyone there. 
Apparently, they gave the field a sweep and were on their way back to the car when, as my dad describes it, suddenly all went mental. It all <laughs> went mental. That's probably exactly what his dad said. Shouting, screaming, and the sounds of an almighty fight completely surrounded him, even though he was stood in a field completely empty apart from his colleague. He says three things in particular stick with him. Firstly, that he wasn't scared shitless at the times, but perhaps he would say that. Just sort of hugely confused. Secondly, the look on his colleague's face that basically said, what the fuck, you're hearing this too, right? And finally, that after a short time, the sounds just stopped and they made their way back to the car and called in to say nothing was going on. When pushed, he admits it felt like he was in the middle of something significant and that he thinks he felt and not just heard the fighting around him. And with hindsight, he was more frightened after the event than at the time. He would never describe this as paranormal himself, but to me, this always sounded like a, quote, replay type event people talk about. And subsequently, learning about the Civil War history of the specific area in question backs this up, for me at least. I've not heard of other accounts of similar stories from the area, but I haven't looked that hard, to be honest. Civil War. Yeah, in the UK. I mean, I guess technically they probably had, but I just never heard it described like that. Maybe that's yeah, because they were a little bitter. Or Americans describe things in their own way. Yeah. They're like, we got the only Civil War. Yeah. We're not giving it to <laughs> So we're okay, used to, for the record, we also, yeah, technically it was a Civil War. Yeah. If France oh. could have one, they could have one. But also, there's a lot of wars that were probably, or battles that were fought. That's when I was mm -hmm. listening to the story. I wish they would have gone into more detail of what that noise was. Was it like swords and men yelling? And yeah, just that it was like chaos. Yeah. Like the fact that his dad was like, I felt like I was in the middle of something significant is kind of like it was a historical yeah. battle. Yeah, that or like some weird spiritual angels and demons fighting each other. But that would be. Well, I mean, when you look at the Druids, mm -hmm. I mean, they were very, I, I don't know if spiritual, I mean, we don't really know a lot about them, but yeah. they seem to be more connected to, you know, not just pagan gods or what <clears throat> we would now call pagan gods, but they remind me a little bit more of like Native Americans mm. and their spiritual beliefs yeah. in this kind, because, you know, that was long ago and maybe that's what's going on there. That, that whole area is steeped in lore that is so old and so fascinating. I know. And it makes you believe that there's a thing called love. Yeah. Yeah. And that there were giants there and all the other crazy things you hear about that mythic time period. I love that part of the world. I bet you do. I mean, it was so demonized that a whole portion of land connecting Europe to England broke off and fell into the ocean, like Atlantis. Classic. I kind of made the connection up, but that did happen. Hmm. Doggerland. Doggerland? Doggerland. Doggerland. All right, so Krishna's just over here making shit up now. At this point, it's look, fine. Look it up. It's truth, true story. Yeah, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna censor the dog part of that as well. <laughs> I'll be like twice in twice in one episode. Christian, come on, come on, man. That makes me sound smart. Don't take What's that out. What's wrong with you? Anyway, <clears throat> I'll gotta. I'll close it out with a couple of shorties, shorties, and this one is <laughs> you said that wrong. Black eyed kids call. Ooh, mm, I know from Platinum Gulls. Had a buddy of mine who was a cop. They actually used to listen to a paranormal show over their graveyard shift. Coast to coast, I bet. 
or ghost to ghost. He said one night him and his partner were listening and the topic was black eyed kids and people were calling in with their stories. Why can't that happen to us? We need to open a call in show and people just need to start calling in. That's not a thing anymore. It will be. Except for coast to coast and some If you build it, they will come. All right? oh, if there's yeah. one thing Field of Dreams taught us, Christian, it's that. Yeah. Of course, about 10 minutes into the segment, they get a call from dispatch about a neighbor complaining about some teenagers asking to get into their house who are wearing black hoodies and dark clothes. The standard black-eyed kid M.O. They had both looked at each other like, no way in hell, and responded that they were already on a call and hightailed out of the neighborhood. Mm. That's hilarious. Black-eyed kids. That's hilarious that cops would get a call and be like, oh, we're already on a call, sorry. Uh, let's get out of here. Just pull away. Just because you're afraid it might be black-eyed kids and not just deranged teenagers trying to break into the elderly couple's home or something like that. You know what I mean? Night shift cops <clears throat> probably know a different world than us. They truly do. And nights, actually, we are working slowly on building uh, an episode of just night shift stories because that shit is creepy as hell. Security guards and all that of these buildings, they have some crazy tales of their own. Many moons ago, I worked graveyard shift at a convenience store called Circle K. World is weird yep. at night. And I don't know if it's paranormal. It's just, and it was kind of a decent sized city I was in too. So it wasn't the desert at this time. Yeah. Um, the world is just not normal at all. Well, all the normies go to bed at night, Christian. That's the issue. Yeah. All the other folks like to raise from the dead at that point and meander about the town yeah it's and circle k is the prime location if you're looking for some you know six month old stale eats well i mean this is like 30 years ago too <clears throat> so so even staler 30 was, year old eats no it was just a different again a different world then because mm. you were less connected so that is true you're working at a store in the middle of the night you got one phone and nobody else around especially after the bar is closed it was, yeah. it was creepy back then. Yeah, you could say for the bars at a certain point, it was closing time, right? Of course. <laughs> Set you right up on that one. You sure did, right down the plate. Anyway, uh, to close this episode out, we will get, go into kind of a funny story I found that I think is, well, it's hilarious. And in no means paranormal. But uh, this is from a deleted user. <clears throat> anyway, I found this story and it goes... My mom was a police officer. She tells the story of an old woman who called the police almost weekly, complaining that there was a ghost in her house. They'd go in, check it out, and tell her they couldn't find anything. One day, one of the guys on her squad gets dispatched to the lady's house. He busts in worriedly and asks if she has a two-liter bottle. She nods back solemnly with wide eyes and empties out a Coke bottle she had. Ma'am, I'm going to have to ask you to wait outside. It could get messy. She runs outside to the front porch. The cop walks upstairs, lights up a cigarette, and blows the smoke into the two-liter bottle. He chills for a minute or two, then comes running out of the house, triumphantly holding the smoke-filled bottle, screaming, I've got the ghost! I've got the ghost! He threw it into the back of his Crown Vic and sped off. They never got a call from the lady again. Wow. Trooper of the year right there. I mean, that works sometimes. It apparently worked at least once. That is crazy hilarious. And I kind of want to do that with different things. But no, when I read that, I was like, that, yeah, that would happen. That but would happen. Again, before that, she saw these ghosts. And then when he did that. I don't think I said she saw. She said there was a ghost in the house. So it could have been like noises or hearing something or whatever. Yeah. Well, whatever he did convinced her brain 
that the threat was gone. Convinced her brain. Or maybe she heard noise and she's like, well, it can't be the ghost. You got that. Well, and to not knock or be a skeptic, but sometimes that is why people see things. It's just, it's just I mean, let's brain. be fair. I mean, yeah. Some people are loony. Yeah. And, and that happens. And it and loony is probably the wrong word. Now you, you're doing it, but. Um, well, loony is milk toast compared to. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, you know, sometimes when your brain malfunctions, you see and hear weird stuff and that's normal. Yeah. And that's where sometimes some of these stories we hear, that's probably what it is. And some of the stories we hear, I have no clue what it is. And, yeah. you know, I mean, that's why we do this. That because some of that. those stories are just nuts. Like I go back to the first cop episode where that they're chasing that that car and mm. it crashes and the guy runs off, but he's dead it behind the wheel. Yeah, I mean, like yeah, that was pretty creepy. Part of me is just creeped out because your last moment spent on this realm or thinking you're alive and having to run away, but you're really dead. How shocking. Yeah. What am I running for? Like, do you think you just run straight into the light and you're yeah. like, Oh, wait a second. Yeah. Why are they chasing me? A lot more like hell than it was Los Angeles. What happened? No, just kidding. I obviously don't know where his soul rests, but I can't imagine it's in Los Angeles anymore. Some people would call that hell. Most people would call that hell, but I actually like Los Angeles, but it has its place. It definitely has its place. There's a lot of cool things down there. Oh, yeah. Not the traffic, though. Hmm. That's the coolest. No. Not even traffic if you're just parked there sitting. So I spent many a time on that traffic. Anyway, that pretty much concludes um, part two of Police and the Paranormal. And to be honest, this is probably just going to be a series that we have to make at some point because there are countless stories of crazy stuff happening to cops on the force. You get it, cops. That didn't sound like cops speak at all. Well, I'm not on the force, am I? Obviously. Exactly. There was one story that I left out as well that I thought was going to be paranormal, but turned out to just be crazy and creepy as hell. So not paranormal, but the Cliff's notes of it are an old lady called in, said that she, that someone was outside her house or that there was a ghost outside her house because she was, you know, she heard noises in the house or whatever. She went and looked out the back door and she sees this kind of like faded image of someone standing in her yard. So she freaks out, calls the cops. Cops come look around the yard and they're like, yeah, nothing's out there. Go and inspect the house. And they find muddy footprints in the house. And he's like, hey, did you go outside at all? Like, did you look into this yourself? And she's like, no, I've been inside the, all day. And so they discover that it wasn't a ghost in the yard, but it was actually someone that broke and entered into her home and was standing there watching her look out the window or the back door. And she saw the reflection of the man instead of actually seeing a full-bodied man. Oh, so she's the guy was behind her. The guy her. was in the house behind her watching her look out the window. And she thought it was a ghost. And that is creepier than anything that we've actually said in this episode, but unfortunately not paranormal. So it might have you make you have a paranormal experience, though. So you see I, something yeah. like that. Yeah, I had some kind of experience myself when I, when I read that story. I was like, oh shit. Yeah. You might want to leave your body for a second. I if did. you ever saw that something in real life. left my body but it's okay anyway so yeah that concludes police in the paranormal 2 uh if you have if you have or know anyone who is on the force or has stories of their time on the force or can use the force yeah if they can use the force as well have them write into the gang at the freakydeaky.com we would love to hear more of these terrifying creepy police stories and in the meantime 
again find us on social media at freaky deaky pod on instagram facebook and youtube try and get that subscriber count up on youtube especially get out there subscribe like the videos help us pass that algorithm as well at freaky deaky pod get involved in the conversation at one point christian and i are going to create a facebook group for you to come and share stories on or just talk to us a little more willy-nilly yeah if you will but for the time being comment on facebook instagram at freaky pod at tft paranormal on tiktok and if you have a story of your own Send it to the gang at thefreakydeaky.com. We love to hear from you guys, and we hope you have a fantastic week. Can I add something? Uh, goodbye. No. <laughs> what? Please. We only ask for the help because we don't want to be one of those media people that have to sacrifice our soul to the devil mm. to be popular. So yeah. if you give us some likes and subscribe, it, it really saves our soul. Yeah, it really does that. It really, truly does that. And I'm glad they took the moment to include that because I wasn't going to. So, (laughs) yeah. Anyway, have a great week. We'll see you right back here next week on the Frinky Dinky. Peace out. Goodbye. Deuces. Later. Bye. See ya. Hasta la vista, baby.